Well, welcome everybody. Thank you for joining me this evening. Happy New Year, our first live webcast of 2023. And as you will see, I'm on my own this evening. Um, that's because Barry is in Toronto. He's speaking at the School of Ministry at the, the church there, something he does quite regularly. So he left me to kick uh, the new year off. Um, but thank you all for joining and I'm sure we're going to have a great time. Next week, uh, the two of us, Barry and I, will be back together and looking forward to that. Of course, um, over the next few weeks, I will be leaving Barry on his own because um, I'm in Poland in a few weeks' time. Uh, then we've got our Father Heart encounter in, in the UK, which I'll say a little bit more about in a moment. And then I'll be in Uganda towards the end of March. So... Um, Barry will be doing his fair share of the lifting as well, but it's it's um it's good to be to, together again, and I hope you all had a good Christmas break and a good New Year, and just looking forward to what Father's going to do. Um, you know, one of the things I, I've I've um you know heard several times over the, the last few weeks as on the news and various different webcasts and things is last year was pretty tough. Let's hope it gets better. And, you know, I think that that's the sentiment we all have. But actually, we say that every year. <laughs> you know, last year was tough and we hope it gets better because in every year there's always challenges, there's always difficulties. OK, you know, the last three years has been a whole raft of them and I think we're still recovering. But, you know, our joy is that we have our Heavenly Father who is for us and who loves us. And, yeah, we go through things, but he comes with us. And that's the certainty and the assurance that we have that so many people uh, don't have. So welcome back, trusting that Father's going to do a lot of good things in our lives, whether it's the beginning of a new year or the middle of a new a year or or whenever. Um, so, yeah, you're all very welcome. Um, I'd just like to say a few words about our um, Encounter the Father Week. Uh, this is coming up in March, uh, the 4th to the 10th of March, and we're holding it as usual at the beautiful Cloverley Hall in Shropshire, UK, near Birmingham Airport, near Manchester Airport, um, good rail links from London. So, you know, if you want to come from overseas, you're, you're very, very welcome. Um, you can see it's a beautiful place. The grounds are lovely, the food's good, the rooms are comfortable. Um, and I'm doing this week with the team, Norman and Johanna from uh, Shrewsbury, Mike and Sue from uh, Bridge North. And I'll also have my good friend Helene King from Scotland joining me uh, and doing some of the teaching with me. Yeah, I, I love these weeks. Um, you know, I love the fellowship and I love the opportunity just to spend time soaking in what Father's doing. But um, the thing I particularly like about these weeks is we are taking a week off from our normal life. You know, the busyness of work, the busyness of family. And I know everybody can't do it. But, you know, when you give yourself to that that sort of period of time away from the busyness of life, you've really got an opportunity to let your heart slow down and to allow the Father to speak. 
And we found we've been doing I've been doing these schools for over 15 years. And the residential ones like this are by far the best because in that opportunity of slowing down and taking time, it just open it allows us to open our heart and let the father go really deep. And we want to talk this week about our hearts and the need for an open heart. Uh, we want to talk about the biblical revelation of God as Father and his love for us. We want to look at some of the hindrances and blockages that are very common in us experiencing and receiving love. And some of those are quite challenging and some of those are quite painful. And that's why it's an, another good reason just to be away where we can really let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. We talk about what sonship looks like. We talk about freedom. We talk about the power of weakness. We have a lot of fun together as well. And so I want to really, really encourage you to, to think about this week. Um, they are life-changing weeks. You know, I've got so many testimonies of people who said their lives have been changed. And I want to encourage you to, to think about this. You, Many of you may already have done one of these weeks. And... Um, you know what it did for you, so why not tell your friends um, and tell them a bit of your personal story, your own journey, and encourage them to, to join us. Um, you know, I know it will be a good week, and I know it will be a life-changing week. It's the 4th to the 10th of March. Um, all of the information is on our website, fatherheart.uk forward slash encounter. There's a booking form there. And uh, as I say, uh, we would love to really, really welcome you to that event. Um, so uh, really think about it and tell your churches, tell your friends, put it on a church notice board, get it in a church news sheet or the equivalent these days I've decided is the church WhatsApp group. <laughs> get it on there, get, get the message out um, so that people can have that opportunity of having their lives changed by the love of the Father. So that's, um, as I say, coming up in March, and it would just be wonderful to, you know, welcome as many people as, as possible to that. Um, one of the things Barry and I have talked about uh, a little bit over the Christmas break is um, involving other people on the webcast, and uh, we're looking forward over the next few weeks to having more guests. Um, with us. Some of them we will be interviewing and discussing together with. Um, others will be coming on as a guest speaker um, and just bringing a bit more variety um, to, to our weekly time together. So keep an eye on Facebook for the notices of what's coming up. And uh, as I say, we've got some, some exciting um, new faces, uh, hopefully, um, over the next few weeks and uh, one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing uh, quite a bit at the moment is bumping into new people meeting new people um, you know they contact me or Barry or we somehow get in touch with them and um, just hearing their heart and discovering that we're speaking the same language it was just before Christmas uh, we had a friend um, Barry's Brent Locker on the webcast and when we were talking together uh, at the beginning and at the end it's like we speak the same language 
And, you know, we speak the same language because Father is doing the same thing all over the world. And it's just wonderful to meet some of these new people. And we want to give them the opportunity of sharing their heart uh, with us in this forum. So that's going to be coming up over the next um, few weeks a little bit and really looking forward to, to, to some of that. Um, but tonight, it's me. And uh, I'm going to be talking about one of my favourite things. Uh, those of you who know me will uh, recognise it's a very familiar title, A Father to You. Um, and I, I haven't spoken about this on the webcast for a little while, but um, I was just reflecting and thinking about things and realising how important and how foundational this is to me, this whole revelation is to me. And uh, you know, I don't tire of it. <laughs> and it's something I keep coming back to for my own journey and my, my own walk with the Lord. And so I just wanted to take a little bit of time today just to share some stuff. And in, in some ways, the words may be very familiar. Um, and when we hear familiar words, sometimes we just kind of only half listen. <laughs> but I really want you to encourage you to listen with an open heart, because I believe this is foundational for all of us. And it's something the Father wants to take all of us deeper and deeper into. So we can truly, honestly say that we know, that I know, that you know that God is being a Father to us. And um, this, 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 this statement, I will be a father to you, is a promise. And it's 2 Corinthians 6, 18. Um, and, you know, those of you who know me, you know, obviously you've heard me say this before, but it's, it's, it's a powerful, powerful promise. That it's not a promise that Paul invented in Corinthians, but it's a promise God gave his people right back at the beginning of their journey, way back in Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. In the Old Testament, it says, I will be your God and you will be my people. And Paul changes that in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, and he says, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters says the Lord Almighty. And that's a promise. That's a promise. In fact, it's two promises, which we're going to look at in, in a minute. But that's a promise that God gave to his people way back at the start of their journey, because he wanted them to know that he was their God. And actually, when you read the Old Testament scriptures, what we see is that he was a father. You know, he wanted to father his people he wanted to lead them as a father leads children. He wanted to uh, train them and guide them and instruct them as a father does with a child. Um, and we read, of course, the story of Israel's rebellion, where they turned their back on God. But, you know, his promise never changed. His promise way back then is the same for us today. But I... 
believe we need to make the transition from what is said in those Old Testament passages to the promise that Paul gives us in 2 Corinthians 6.18. The first part of that promise is God saying to us, I will be a father to you. And for me it was those two words, to you, that really changed my life. See, I, I knew that God was a father. I knew he was the father. I knew he was the father of Jesus. I, I learned the, the Lord's Prayer as a child. You know, our father who art in heaven. You know, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come. We know we all know that and we all say it and we have an understanding, but I believe that that understanding is initially rooted in our minds. And, you know, one day, um, it was actually back 2002, so 21 years ago, um, one day I, I, I heard that verse read. And I've, I've heard that verse read hundreds of times and I've read it hundreds of times at that point. And, you know, but on this particular day, somebody read it and I suddenly heard those extra two words, you know, and it was like the Holy Spirit saying to me, Mark, listen, <laughs> you know, and, and it was in that moment I suddenly saw it and I knew that it meant something incredibly significant. And that's, that's what it's like, isn't it? We, we, we read our Bibles and we read the words on the page. And just every now and then, we get one of those moments where we read it and go, wow, it really says, it says this. And if it says this, it means this. And it's, it's, like, it's like the words on the page have been highlighted, put in bold, underlined, three-dimensional, leaping out of the page at you. And it, you suddenly see something that has been there all the time, but you missed it. And when you see it like that, you cannot unsee it. <laughs> that's, I believe that's what Revelation does. It, it's something we see that we cannot unsee. And one day... 21 years ago, I heard someone read that verse and it was those two words that leapt out. They leapt into my heart and I knew that not only was God a father, that not only was he the father, but he was going to be a father to me. And that changed everything. And, you know, you may have read that verse many times. You may have had a revelation, but I believe what the father wants to do is give us a deeper revelation, a deeper heart understanding of what that looks like, what it means. Maybe this is the first time you've seen it. And you're like me, 21 years ago. Wow, wow, wow. You know, And you're beginning to realise that this means something bigger than you've ever thought it might mean. And... You know, when, when we understand that, when we see that with the eyes of our heart, it changes everything from being a set of facts or principles and it grounds it in our heart as a heart relationship. That's what happened for me. You know, many of you have heard my story. You'll, you'll know that about six months after that, I felt like I knew everything there was to know about God being a father. 
And one day I woke up and I thought, you know, how arrogant. <laughs> I've hardly begun. You know, there is so much more. How can I possibly think I know everything about the Eternal Father? You know, it's just like, no, there's always more. And you see, if we ever think we've got it, like I did, you know, after a few months, I've got it, I've got it, I know it all. You know, if we ever get to that stage, all we've done is limit God to the size of our mind. <laughs> I'll tell you, he's much, much bigger than the size of my mind. <laughs> and he wants to go on revealing what that means to us. And so, this promise, these two promises, we've just looked at the first one. These define the relationship that God has always wanted with his people. The first promise, I will be a father to you. The second promise in that verse is, and you will be my sons and daughters. See, the first promise is about him. The second promise is about us. Who are we? We're sons and daughters. You know, we're not slaves. We're not orphans. We're not servants. But we're sons and daughters. We're all sons of God through faith in Christ. Paul writes in Galatians. And, you know, I, I believe when we really understand who he is, and we really see him as our father and we experience him being a father to us. It automatically changes our understanding of who we are so that we begin to believe the truth of that second promise. That we are sons and daughters. Now, I've just said we're not servants, we're not slaves. You know, we're not. We're sons and daughters. That doesn't mean we don't serve. See, Jesus came, Philippians tells us, Jesus came as a servant. He humbled himself. See, and I believe that, you know, one of the things that will, will still continue to happen is that we will continue to be, to serve. But we will not serve as servants, but we will serve like Jesus served. We will serve as a son. We will serve as a daughter. And that's the big difference. You see, Paul writes in Ephesians that God has prepared good works in advance for us to do. And I really want to encourage you, find those good works that have got your name on and do them with all of your heart. Because that's a fulfilled life. You see, there's nothing wrong with serving. I really believe God wants us to serve. But he wants us to serve from a place of knowing our true identity as sons and daughters. See, and that's the second promise. You will be my sons and daughters. And Paul finishes the verse with a statement. Says the Lord Almighty. You know, those two promises. I will be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters. They are backed up by all of the authority of heaven. You know, says the Lord Almighty, this is going to happen. Nothing is going to stand in my way. I have promised and I am going to see my promises 
come to pass. And so I want to encourage you that the we sometimes struggle to be a good son or a good daughter and we sometimes struggle to live in the the fullness or the completion of those promises because we think it's down to us. Well, it's not. They are his promises and it, they are promises that are backed up by all of the authority of heaven, says the Lord Almighty. I am going to do this. <laughs> And that takes the stress and the strain away from us because these are promises that the Father has made and he will do it. That so helps us understand and live in our true identity that he will fulfil the promise. And really what he wants us to do is just come with that open heart and say, Father, here I am. Will you fulfil your promises in my life? See, this, this is the relationship, I believe, that God has always wanted with his children. It's what he's always wanted with his family. You know, in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, it says, Before the creation of the world, we were predestined to receive the full rights of sonship. You know, that's amazing. You know, before the creation of the world, before you were even a, a dream of your mum and dad, God wanted you to be a son. God wanted you to be a daughter. Because that's the relationship that he wants to have with each one of us. You know, we read that in Psalm 139, that before we were created in our, our mother's womb, uh, he knew us. You know, just let me read a few verses from Psalm 139, verse 13 to 16. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. See, that's, that's the Father's intimate knowledge of each one of us. Why? Because he loves us. Why did he create you? He created you because he wants a family. And he wants you in the family. And, you know, this, is, this has been his plan. We lost sight of that. Through the fall of humanity and the sin that entered the human race, we, we, we lost sight of who we were made to be. But God the Father never lost sight of who he knows we are to be. And he's done everything. He, everything. He's done everything to redeem us back into our true inheritance as sons and daughters. So that the desire he had before the creation of the world will be fulfilled. You know, Deuteronomy chapter 32. The Deuteronomy is a book where Moses is telling the people of Israel their story. He's telling them their history. He's giving them their background, you know, context for how they're about to go into the promised land. 
And you know, one thing the people of Israel did really, really well was they did rebellion very, very well. And they rebelled and rebelled and rebelled, but yet God didn't turn away from them. And um, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, Moses is recounting their rebellion. And uh, let me just read it. He's in chapter um, 32. Verse 5 and 6. He says, They are corrupt and not his children. To their shame, they're a warped and crooked generation. See, that's how they were behaving. They were living in corruption. They were, they'd walked away from his fathering. They weren't living as his children. And, and Moses says, Is this the way you repay the Lord, you foolish and unwise people? Is he not your father? your creator, who made you and formed you. See, even in their rebellion, God says, I'm your father. I want you to come back. You know, he never lets go of us. He, he doesn't abandon us. You know, he doesn't give up on us because of our rebellion. He does everything to bring us back because his character and his nature is eternal and it's unchanging. And so he can't stop being a father. Um, but he sees the rebellion and he, he wants to draw them away from that back into relationship with him. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 3 I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have loved you with an eternal love. I think we can read that. I am loving you right now with an everlasting love. See, his love knows no beginning, it knows no end, and all of that love is being poured into our hearts right now by the Holy Spirit. Romans 5, verse 5. Hosea, chapter 11, verses 1 to 4, really catch the rebellion of God's people, but God's faithfulness towards them, and the fact that he never lets them go. When Israel was a child... I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. But the more they were called, the more they went away from me. They sacrificed to Baals. They burnt incense to images. But it was me who taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by the arms. They didn't realise it was me who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness with ties of love. To them, I was like the one who lifts a little child to the cheek. I bent down to feed them. See, what a, what a heart of the father. You know, here they are rebelling, walked away from him, sacrificing to Baals, burning incense to images. But God says, look, hey guys, I'm the faithful one. I've always been there. I've always provided for you. You know, I'm really just like a father who picks up a little child and holds him in that embrace. In verse 8, this is the heart of the father. How can I give you up? How can I hand you over, Israel? How can I treat you like Admar? How can I make you like Zeboim? My heart is churning inside of me. All of my compassion is aroused. I will not carry out my anger because I am God and not a man.
you know, what, what a heart, the heart of a father. I can't give you up. You know, all of my compassion is stirring inside of me because I'm desperate for my children to come home. See, that's the heart of the Father. That's the relationship that he's always wanted with us. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 19. How gladly would I treat you as sons. If you start reading chapter 3 of Jeremiah, in my Bible, it's headed up, unfaithful Israel. You know, here we go again. Israel is being unfaithful. They're doing what they do best. They're rebelling. They're walking their own way. They're defiling the land. They're burning incense and making sacrifices to false gods. And, you know, Jeremiah kind of summarizes their rebellion, the well-worn path of rebellion. But he said, this is what God wants to be like. You know, how gladly would I treat you as sons and give you a pleasant land the most beautiful inheritance of any nation see there's, there's three things that Jeremiah um, that the father is saying there through Jeremiah the first thing is he is affirming the father is affirming our identity how gladly would I treat you as sons how gladly will I treat you as my children? This is what I want to do. So right in the midst of their rebellion and independence, God the Father says, this is who you are. You're my children. He affirms and reaffirms their identity. How gladly will I treat your sons and give you a pleasant land? See, that's an affirmation of their belonging. They've got a home. They've got a place to, to belong. There's a place they can call theirs. They, there's a place where the striving and the, the tension can cease and they can know, it is well with my soul. I belong. This is home. And the third thing is the most beautiful inheritance of any nation. There's an affirmation of their inheritance. Their inheritance, I mean this is amazing, God is so amazing. Their inheritance does not change because of their rebellion. The Father says, I want to give you the most beautiful inheritance of any nation. And those three things that Jeremiah speaks out on behalf of the Father, things the Father wants to say to us. He wants, tonight, today, he wants to affirm our identity, reaffirm our identity as sons and daughters. He wants to affirm our sense of belonging. And he wants to affirm our true, beautiful inheritance, the most beautiful inheritance of any nation. See, that's his desire. That's what he longs to do. But the second part of the verse is, says this, I thought you would call me father and not turn from following me. You see, because the people had turned and were walking away from him, 
they couldn't receive and live in the benefits of those three affirmations that we've just talked about. But it's like God is saying, if only you can turn. If only you can come back. If only you can begin to call me Father because that's who I am. Then you'll know your true identity. Then you'll experience and live in that place of belonging. And then you'll begin to live in the fullness of your inheritance. What a what a statement full of longing. I thought you would call me Father. See, I believe that's the cry of the Father's heart. Because that's who he is. See, my kids don't call me Sir. They don't call me the boss. They don't call me... Well, they call me a lot of things. <laughs> but most of the time, they call me Daddy. Why? Because that's who I am to them. Imperfect, made mistakes, but I'm Daddy. I'm Dad. That's who I am. And the people, God's people, have lost sight of who they were. And that longing and that desire in his heart is unchanged. And he says, I thought you would call me Father because... You know, this is what I would so gladly do for you. And hear me right, please. Please hear me right. Listen to yourself when you speak to God. What name do you give him? In the Old Testament, there are 365 different names for God. Most of them describe what he does in the New Testament the disciples came to Jesus and said Jesus teach us to pray that's just a fancy word of saying way of saying teach us to talk to to God how do we how do we talk to God you know prayer is just a conversation it's just us talking to our father us talking to the Holy Spirit us talking to Jesus it's a conversation the disciples come and say, teach us how to have this conversation with God. And Jesus says, oh, that's easy. You just call him Father. Our Father. See, we don't think that's radical because we're used to it. We've read it. We've got the book. <laughs> We've read it many times. But for those disciples, that would have been radical. For the Pharisees, it would have been blasphemous. For the crowd, it would be like, whoa, what's this guy saying? You know, suddenly he was bringing something new into the world. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. God is all of those 365 things, but he's my father and he's your father. Jesus says to um, Mary after the resurrection, go and tell my brothers that I'm going to my God and your God, my father and your father. And, you know, when Jesus said it, it would have been radical. We're kind of familiar with it because we're used to reading it. But I want it to be radical for you. I want it to be radical. I want it to be as radical for you today as it was for the disciples back in, in the Gospels. Because when Jesus said you can call God Father, I think some of the disciples began to see something 
completely new and completely differently. It was that moment, like I described at the beginning, where the Holy Spirit said to me, I will be a father to you. And it's like, wow, to me. That's what it means. That's what it looks like. And I want you to have the same radical encounter with God today. I want you to maybe see something that you've never seen before. Or if you've seen it and experienced it, I want you to to allow yourself to have another wow moment. And go, wow, he really does. This is what he wants. See, that desire in Jeremiah chapter 3, it's the desire that's been in God's heart since before the creation of the world. And if God has a desire like that in his heart, he ain't going to let go of it. He's going to hang on to it because that's what he wants to see fulfilled. And that's why he can promise, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Boom. All of the authority of heaven. This is what he wants to do. And I want you to have that radical encounter with the love of God today. I want you to go, yeah, wow, I see something that I've not seen before. I want it to be as radical for you as it was for me. And I want it to be as radical for you as it was for the disciples. And in John chapter 16, just before Jesus is is led away to the cross, he says to his disciples, John 16, verse 27, the father himself loves you. See, again, they're, they're words. We read them. We're familiar with them. You know, we've grown up with them. We know the backstory. We know the, the Last Supper. We know what's about to happen. They can become words on the page. But can you imagine what the disciples felt like when Jesus said that? When he looked them in the eye and he said, Hey guys, the Father, my Father, your Father, he loves you. See, that had such a profound impact on the disciples. The very next thing they said to Jesus was, now you're speaking plainly. Now we get it. Now we understand. See, at the beginning of chapter 16, the disciples have been saying to each other, what's he on about? What does he mean? He's speaking in riddles. We don't get it. And Jesus, of course, said, hey, are you guys talking in riddles? (laughs) Are you saying you don't understand? And they're going, yeah, we don't understand. And just a few verses later, he says, the father himself loves you. And then they say, now we get it. Now we get it. And that gives Jesus, you know, I, think, I think Jesus breathed a sigh of relief. Thank goodness. You know, last night, before I go to the cross, they've got it. <laughs> you know, it's like, whew, Jesus breathes a sigh of relief. And then he starts that prayer, John 17, which is really a prayer of his accountability to the Father. Father, this is what you sent me to do. And this is what I've done. Job done. You know, I'm so glad the disciples saw it in John 16. They saw it. The Father himself loves you. They got it. They got a glimpse of it. Like we get a glimpse of it. And over the years that followed, they went deeper. So much so that many years later, the Apostle John one who wrote that gospel, the one who leant against Jesus' breast on that last supper, he writes, God is love. 
there's no fear in love. For perfect love casts out fear. Fear has to do with punishment. But God is love. He also wrote, see what kind of love, see what great love the Father lavishes on us. Because we're his children. See, those guys saw something. They had a glimpse of something that grew and grew and grew with them. Many of us have had a glimpse of something. But there's so much more for each one of us. Maybe you're hearing this for the first time and you're, you're, you're beginning to have that wow moment. I want to encourage you to really go on with that. And spend time listening to that voice, that voice of affirmation. Not judgment, not condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. For the spirit of life has set us free. And so often we see things through a filter. It's not in focus. And when, as things come into focus, we see the truth and we see the reality. And we go, thank you, Father. And so, I just want to finish there, really. And just spend a few moments, I'll put some music on in a minute. But you see, what I've talked about today is the deep desire in God's heart for a family. Before the creation of the world, he predestined us to receive the full rights of sonship. He knew all about us. He knows all the intimate details before we were created in our mother's womb. You know, he has always been our father. And there's this desire in his heart that we would call him father because that's who he is. And that we would begin to step into our inheritance. We would step into our identity. We would know that we belong. You see, when you know that you belong... All of the striving stops. You strive because you're seeking that place of affirmation, of belonging and acceptance. And he says, hey, hang on. You are my son. You are my daughter. I've got a good place for you. I've got a good inheritance. It's yours. Receive it. It's a gift. And the striving leads us down a pathway of trying to find it for ourselves. And he says, no, this is my desire. And that desire is satisfied by those two promises that we read in 2 Corinthians 6.18. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. He wants to be a father to us. Many of us have experienced that in part. And I want to encourage us Go on experiencing it and living it and growing in it. Spending time with him. You know, one of the things we often say is, you know, and it's true, it's valid, we need to say it, you know, God changed me. <laughs> and we, that, that's something I think we should say regularly. You know, but it's like, God changed me, God changed me. And it's like we're coming to him for what we can get out of it. Now, yeah, we need to be changed. <laughs> we need to be changed. But if that's, our sole focus, we're missing something really important. We're missing, the, we're missing the importance of coming to him 
because of who he is. And coming to him in worship and adoration. And pouring our hearts to him because of his goodness and his faithfulness and his kindness and his compassion. You know, yeah, he does want to change us. But it's a relationship where we give ourselves to him. And I've found, and I I guess many of you will have found too, but I've found on this journey that the more I just come to him and put my list of things I want changed to one side and just allow myself to live in love and let his love flow into my heart and receive more of him, I find that those things begin to change. Because love changes. When we live in love, it transforms our lives. And so, I just encourage you. God is a father to you. And those two words will change your life if you let them. You are his sons and daughters. So let's just take a few moments. Just open your heart. Try to put your list of everything you want done and change to one side. And just say, Father, here I am. I want you to be a father to me. I want to experience, in this moment, I want to experience you being a father to me. I want to begin to experience what it's like to be a son or daughter. That place of belonging that he promises us. That inheritance, that identity. So thank you, Father. just open our hearts maybe you just want to quietly say Father 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 Papa Abba just reach out to him as your dad He loves to be called Father because that's who He is. Just reach out to Him. Little child reaching out for his dad. We've already read that God loves to reach down and pick us up like a father holds a child against his cheek. That's what He wants to do for us tonight. Thank you, Father, that you're pouring your love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit right now. For each person, 
each person watching this video, you're pouring your love into their heart. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, thank you that you're loving us now. The cry of your heart as I can't give you up. I can't let you go. And he's reached down and he's picking us up. So Father, we just let you do that. Thank you. Just go on receiving for a few minutes. This is a really exciting journey we're all on. And I want to just encourage you and leave you with that exhortation to go deeper. And let him be a father to you more and more and more. And just keep coming to him and opening your heart. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, the video will be online tomorrow. Um, don't forget about the encounter in March. And uh, Barry and I look forward very much to seeing you next week. Thank you.